Hi y'all, this is Carrie D from Coffee with Carrie. It is such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. It is our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, and now our podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. I'm fueled by coffee and saved by grace, and coffee gets me started, but Jesus keeps me going. I pray everyone is hanging in there as our quarantine has been extended another 30 days. Many of you who are listening have been homeschooling for years, and some of you are listening who have been forced to homeschool due to COVID-19. Whether you're new to homeschooling or you've been doing this for years, you know we're all suffering in one way or another with this isolation. True homeschooling doesn't really look like this. What we're experiencing right now is really survival schooling, not homeschooling. True homeschooling, it isn't done in isolation, and homeschoolers don't stare at their screens all day long. Hopefully this series on the essentials of homeschooling will help new moms see what real homeschool looks like, and it's an encouragement for experienced homeschoolers to walk in the freedom and the flexibility that's the gift of homeschooling. Today's segment is part five in our 10-part series, The 10 Essentials of Homeschooling. In the first four episodes, we discussed how Bible time, meal time, outdoor time, and read aloud time are all essential parts of true homeschooling. In this segment, we're gonna discuss essential number five. Learning together is an essential to homeschooling. That's why using the one-room schoolhouse approach is our fifth essential to homeschooling. And using morning time or basket time is a great way to learn as a family. In a nutshell, morning time or basket time, which is what some people call it, is everything you want to do and learn as a family. It's the first thing you do each day. Basically, morning time is the one schoolroom house approach, but in a basket. And there are so many different ways you can do morning time. And there are so many different things you can put in your morning time basket. There is no hard and fast rules except for one. Use morning time, or mom time, as I call it in our family, as a way to learn as much as you can as a family. Whatever topics and subjects you want to learn as a family, well, that's what you put in your morning time basket. Everyone's morning time will look a little different, and the items in everyone's morning time basket will look a little different too. Pam Barnhill, the author of Better Together, and the host of your Morning Basket podcast, and Cindy Rollins, the author of Handbook for Morning Times, are two great resources for ideas and free printables to help you get started. We have their links at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. Over the years, our family has used the one-room schoolhouse approach. Not only has it been a lot of fun to learn together, but it's been an essential time saver and sanity saver. Since we learned most of our subjects together, I didn't lose my mind trying to keep up with different lessons and different books for each child. I may have lost my mind or I may have lost my temper because of other things, but it wasn't because I was trying to teach 5,000 different things to different kids at different times. Through the years, we've used the one-room schoolhouse approach and morning time as a way to learn the Bible, history, science, art, and music together as a family. 
Even though my kids were in different grade levels, we learned the humanities and the sciences together. The best place to start is just pick a historical time period you want to explore as a family. Plan to spend the whole year learning about that historical period. One year, we learned all about ancient history. The next year, we would move into medieval times. Then the following year, we learned about the Renaissance period and the age of exploration. Eventually, we worked our way to early modern history and to current times. I also chose the artists and composers we would learn about based on the historical time period we were studying that year. Curriculums like My Father's World and Meet the Master's art program were very helpful. We also have links to both of those at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. Some years we took a break from historical studies. Instead, we spent the entire year figuratively traveling around the world, learning about countries, cultures, art, music, and food from around the world. We plan to do a future podcast on how we did that, so check back in May. If it was an election year, we spent the year learning about our government, the Constitution, and the election process. The easiest way to organize this is to read aloud from a variety of historical fictions, biographies, and picture books. Even older kids can benefit from some of the rich and detailed picture books that are out there. I always pick chapter books at the level of my eldest and watch my younger one come along for the ride. It was amazing what he picked up, even when I thought the book or the topic was over his head. We also used the one-room schoolhouse approach for science, including the first two years my oldest was in high school. Like history, I would just pick an area of science we would investigate as a family for that year. Our favorite year was when we learned anything and everything that had to do with marine biology. One year, we studied geology and earthquakes. Another year, we spent our time learning about astronomy and space travel. Learning the same things in science and doing the same projects as a family made it much easier to plan and to organize, and it was a ton of fun to do, too. When my daughter was doing high school biology, my son and I did life science so we could still learn together the basics of biology while my daughter would do the harder things independently. The year my daughter took chemistry, my son and I, along with one of his friends, learned about kitchen chemistry. We explored the chemistry of cooking while my daughter did further explorations with her homeschool chemistry class. Our morning time, or basket time, was when our one-room schoolhouse learning took place. In my morning basket, I placed all the books and resources I wanted to do as a family, and we did those things first thing in the morning. For example, our morning basket held our devotional or Bible, our read-aloud chapter book, and our writing journals, since we always did those three things every morning as a family. Then I used a loop schedule or a rotating schedule with the other things I put in the basket. As a family, I wanted to make sure we memorized scripture, we played some games together, we learned about artists and composers, and we read some great poetry, and we did nature studies, so I put those items in books in our morning time basket. We didn't do all those things every morning, though. I looped them in, or I used a rotating schedule to cover them. For instance, we didn't do poetry every day. Some days, after devotion, read aloud, and writing, we would read some poetry. On other days, we played math games, or we worked on our nature journals after we did our devotions and read aloud. Using the loop schedule allowed me to rotate in poetry, games, nature journals, and art studies into our morning time 
without actually doing them every single day. We did the extra subjects that were important to me on a weekly basis instead of on the daily basis. Rotating or using a loop schedule was a great time saver too. We even tried to do some math together every day. Playing multiplication and fraction games not only helped teach my younger son those skills, but it also gave my older daughter a chance to review them. I often put in some great math picture books in our morning basket. There are some really great ones out there. It's amazing how a complicated math concept like pi or circumference can be explained in a fun picture book. While the illustrations and humor in the mathematical picture books were at the level of my youngest, the math concepts being explained were at my daughter's level. Never feel guilty about not doing history or science every day. They're learning tons of historical and scientific information during read aloud, while playing games and surfing the internet for research. You really don't need to do them formally each and every day. Then after doing our morning time together, our one-room schoolhouse closed down for the day as we began working on independent work and one-on-one -on -one time with me. This was the time of the day when the kids did some math, reading, and grammar work at their own level and at their own pace. Since your family's learning so much together in the morning, each child will have plenty of time to work on hard math concepts or to revise a story later in the morning. Using the one-room schoolhouse approach also means you'll finish your school day by lunch or shortly thereafter. We were always left with plenty of time in the afternoon for friends, for playing, field trips, for more games, gardening, creating, drawing, skateboarding, dancing, rehearsals, more reading, cooking, whatever. You get the picture. I think the best part of using the one-room schoolhouse approach, along with morning time baskets, is watching the older kids teach and read to the younger ones. My daughter would share what she was learning with my son, explain to him why the moon had phases, and would answer his questions sometimes before I even had a chance to respond. In return, my son would often show off a project or something he finally figured out math to my daughter first before showing it to me. Your kids are teaching each other and learning from each other. Your children are living out the Latin proverb, by learning you will teach, by teaching you will learn. Well, I think it's an actual Phil Collins song from Tarzan, but you get the picture. As they teach each other, they learn twice. Using the one-room schoolhouse approach will not only save you time and your sanity, but it will allow you to learn things you've never learned in school, it will allow your kids to teach and learn from each other, and it will allow you to live and learn together as a family. Learning together is definitely an essential to homeschooling. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining us for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at coffeewithcarry.org. And we have daily devotionals and homeschooling tips at our Instagram at coffeewithcarryconsultant. If you heard something you like, then share our podcast or our Instagram and website with a friend who may need some encouragement today or who might be homeschooling for the first time this month. We hope you can join us next time as we talk about homeschooling essential number six. In the meantime, try implementing morning time and using the one-room schoolhouse with your family this week. We're praying for you. Stay healthy and see you next time.